morning. Um, please join me in reading Luke 19, 45 through 48. When Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it, because all the people hung on his words. This is the word of the Lord. You can be seated. Good morning, party people. It's good to see you. The first time I ever entered a talent show for a cash prize, I think I was about 15 years old, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I sang all of my life, loved to sing, but I was learning the guitar, and I heard an ad on the local radio station that there was a talent show and first prize was $100. I didn't hear anything else but $100. So I was all in. And it never occurred to me that I should get a little more information about what I was getting into because I'd already been in talent shows before. I know what a talent show is. I'd been in school talent shows with parents and family members and friends and friendly faces. Something should have clicked in my mind when mom insisted on going with me to this talent show because she knew something that I didn't know. And that was that the talent show was going to be at a country and western bar and saloon and it was sponsored by Wrangler Jeans. And I did not know what I was getting myself into. I had my guitar, I sang my little song, and the drunk heckling commenced. It was really interesting. And perhaps folks were just feeling sorry for me in the crowd because the crowd began to heckle the hecklers and told them, be quiet, we wanna hear him sing. I'm like, this is kinda cool. <laughs> it was produced live over the radio station. My friends were listening on the radio to me sing my song. It was She Believes in Me by Kenny Rogers, which is interesting <laughs> because I was singing a country song and I didn't realize I was gonna be doing it at a Western bar and saloon. And I finished the song, and they gave me a standing ovation, and I still lost. <laughs> but I had no idea what I was expecting. And I wonder from time to time if I would have adjusted had I had a little more information. And when I read this text in Luke chapter 19, I wonder if Jesus had a similar feeling, that he, he knew or thought he knew what he was getting himself into. After all, this wasn't the first time that he'd been to the temple. Perhaps he had this conversation with his disciples as they were preparing to go into Jerusalem. 
And then putting the temple on the itinerary, on the Google calendar. Hey, when we get to Jerusalem, we're going to go into the temple. And let me tell you what you're going to expect. When you, when you walk through the temple gates, there's going to be worshipers of God. And folks are going to be talking about the scripture. Oh, and they're going to be mournful and sorrowful for their sins. They're going to be seeking God and they're going to have an expectation to meet God because, after all, that's the purpose of the temple to house the presence of God among humanity. So, before we go, I want you to expect this amazing experience when you, when you walk through the gates into the outer courtyard of the Gentiles. You're immediately going to feel that people are here in the temple to worship God with an expectancy to meet him. And they walk in the temple and none of that happened. None of it. Uh, most people read this text and they're fascinated by Jesus' reaction to the marketplace, to this, this robust marketplace. It felt like Saturday market in the temple. Almost like a, like a casino feel because the whole house was rigged. <laughs> Everything that was sold was marked up. Every place that you would go, you'd, you'd have to buy and exchange your money because your money wasn't going to be good enough there. And, and everything had the, the, the hypocrisy of religion and temple activity, but in fact, it was none of that. And most people, when they read this text, they're fascinated by how Jesus reacts. And if it's okay, I want to share with you my fascination of what didn't happen. So let's look at the text. Luke chapter 19. Starting at verse 45. And he entered. Now I'm going to hit pause right there because I don't want to assume that we all understand who he is. Who is he? Who is this guy that enters the temple? This is from the gospel according to Luke, and Dr. Luke is writing to his friend Theophilus. Theophilus, I want you to know who this guy is. When you spend time reviewing your faith, remembering what was taught, to you, I, I want you to take this written account and use it to help teach you and to remind you and confirm and affirm in you this person who enters the temple. Who is he? Well, for Luke, he's the one who was born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. For Luke, he is the one who the prophet Simeon called God's salvation for Israel and the Gentiles. 
For Luke, he's the one whom a voice from heaven said, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. For Dr. Luke, he's the one who told a paralytic man, your sins are forgiven. What in the world do you think you're doing, Jesus? Why is it that you believe that you have the power to forgive sin? I know where sin is forgiven. You got to go to the temple, talk to the priests, offer the sacrifice. We need to go to the temple. Why are you acting as if you are the temple? For Luke, this is who he is. And he entered the temple. And I just told you the purpose of this temple was was to be a place for the presence of God on this earth. The Apostle Paul describes Jesus in the Colossian letter as the fullness of the deity of God was in him. All of God, every bit of God, was in him. This is the one who enters the temple. And when Jesus walks in the temple, it is as if he is just another guy. And I'm fascinated that as the one who was God with us walks into the temple, It's just like he's another guy. Nobody notices. Nobody reacts. Nobody responds. It wasn't seemingly a big deal for God in the flesh to enter into the presence of God. And I am fascinated by that. So we know what happened. It ticked him off. Big time. And he began to drive people out of the temple. Out of this outer courtyard. This humongous space. Google the courtyard of the Gentiles and it will blow your mind how big of a space this was. The length of the courtyard was the length of five football fields. Over 500 yards. And Jesus, he was indignant because he had an expectation. He expected to go to the temple where the presence of God is and meet God. And it ticked him off that people were in the temple and nobody seemed like they were expecting to meet God. I think this is what should have happened. 
I'm about to rewrite the Bible. Feel free to edit this out later in post, all right? What if the text had read this? And when he entered the temple, the crowd was hushed, and they began to say in one voice, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. I think that would have been appropriate. As Jesus pushes through the temple gates, can't you just see the crowd hushed in awe that the Messiah has arrived? I can just see this happening and it never happened. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold or who were selling. And other gospels, they throw the buyers in here too. It's not just the sellers. It's also the buyers saying it is written, this house, my house, shall be a house of prayer. Why have you made it? into a den of robbers, a cave of robbers, a place where everything is rigged so the house wins. This would have been shocking to the Sanhedrin, the, the ruling city council, because after all, they were the ones in charge of the casino, and they were getting a cut. So it would have been shocking to them Jesus quotes the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures. He says, why have you turned the house of God that was supposed to be a house of prayer into this madness where people travel from all over the world and they have no expectation at all to meet God? How can you turn a place that at its very purpose is to house the presence of God? How could you turn that into something else? I recognize that this text over the years has been used to prevent Christian artists like me from selling merch in the lobby. <laughs> but just for a moment, let's assume that this text is not talking about that. Just for a moment. I think this text is trying to tell us in a loud voice that God's presence is here, don't miss him. Jesus, the Lamb of God, was in the presence of the people. Oh, and they were buying and selling animals for sacrifice for their sin. And they missed the Lamb of God right with them. 
They desire to obey the words of the law of Moses and they miss the word of God that became flesh and that was living with them and among them. They were offering up incense, praise and worship to God, but they missed the opportunity to follow Emmanuel. God with us. They were busy doing worshipful things and they missed the presence of God. I think this is the point. We have to acknowledge the entire text, the entire context. Jesus is on his way to Calvary. And people don't know who he is. It is the son of the living God that enters the temple. Dr. Luke wants his friend Theophilus to know him. Wants him to never miss out on an opportunity. When you are in the presence of God, don't miss him. Don't go through the entire checklist and get everything done that you were supposed to do at church and still miss God. I think that is the point. Verse 47 chief priests and the scribes, the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy Jesus. After Jesus clears out the temple, how long do you think it took for them to reset everything for the casino? <laughs> Maybe you've got this image that Jesus went in and cleaned house, and boy, the house stayed clean from that moment on. No, I think everything was business as usual in about an hour. Yeah, maybe. And because Jesus wanted to point everybody to the presence of God and away from the benefits of the house, yeah, I think that is what did him in. Because they looked for an opportunity to kill him. And they couldn't do it because, well, Jesus was kind of a rock star. <laughs> and people were following him. You know, this translation says they were hanging on to his words. It would have been unpopular to kill someone who was popular, and so they couldn't get rid of this guy. I am fascinated that the place that housed the presence of God was visited by God himself, and they missed him. Oh, and I'm fascinated that the church of Jesus Christ gathers 
many times a week, all through the year. And we, at least based on our behavior, we act as if we don't expect God to do anything. There's a decreasing expectancy of the presence of God in the lives of believers. Churches are filled with attenders who don't expect God to do much in their lives. That's a colossal tragedy. Because that means when Jesus visits, we miss him. We don't recognize his presence. We don't recognize his authority. We don't recognize his love and tender mercy. We don't recognize his saving grace. We don't recognize his transformative power to literally change our lives. Instead, we go to church and all we see is a, an entertaining religious show that is subject to our critique. And we miss him. All the songs this morning, all they spoke of this Jesus who Luke is convinced is the Lamb of God. Convinced he's the Messiah. Convinced he's the one that Theophilus, if you'll just follow him, he'll make your life abundant. All the prayers that we prayed, the community time that is being planned. Can't you see all of these opportunities to meet him? And what if, I'm not saying this would happen, but what if in the middle of your small group time, Jesus showed up? Again, I don't want to make you nervous. It might not happen. But what if it did? <laughs> and what if you weren't surprised? Why is it that Christians, when Jesus shows up in the house, were shocked? Hmm. But what if Jesus, as he walked through the gates of your life, you were waiting for him to say the Lord is in his holy temple? I've been waiting for you, Lord. You know, I recognize that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So by the power of the Holy Spirit... Oh, I've been driving out the robbers, the thieves, the burglars. So I recognize that when I do things my way, everything is kind of rigged for my benefit. And I recognize that the presence of God can live in me if I would just recognize it. 
convinced that if Mosaic is the church of Jesus Christ, by the way, it is, then God has ordained Mosaic to be a house of prayer. And let me break that down in cornbread English. Because immediately some of us will think house of prayer, man, that sounds boring. <laughs> so let me break that down. If you want to meet God, come to Mosaic. Huh? That ought to be true. And people ought to expect to meet God. Every time I am privileged to wake up and take a breath, I ought to expect to meet God. Shouldn't be a surprise when I pray to him and, oh my goodness, he answered it. Can you imagine a world that is filled with Jesus freaks that are expecting him? Oh, he is going to show up in my life. He's going to show up in my situation. He's going to show up in my circumstance. I don't worry about this because by the power of the Holy Spirit, He's helped me make my heart pure. And so because my heart is pure, I can see God. I thought that's what we sang this morning. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You show me a church filled with people who can't see God, and I question the purity of their heart. We are invited to meet God. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. Don't sing the songs and miss Jesus. Don't raise your hands and miss the Savior. Don't listen to the message and not accept his transformative power. You're wondering if Jesus is who he said he was. Well, when he shows up, don't miss him. I take this text seriously and literally ask, and it shall be given to you. Why do we ask and cross our fingers? Are you expecting Jesus to visit this house of prayer? I mean, every day, every day. Those of us that know that Jesus is who he is, 
He will do what he says he will do. Don't become discouraged. Lean into that. Know that. I'm convinced that this prayer is a great prayer to pray. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I, I, I'm there, I'm with you. But where are the Christians that just flat out believe? <laughs> this area over here, I'm kind of struggling with. When I get to heaven, I've got questions, I'm just saying. But this area over here, I, I just expect it. I know it. I claim it in Jesus' name. Don't get the name it and claim it. Don't just give that to the charismatics. That's mine too. <laughs> Jesus, the one who was born king, went out of his way to make his presence available to you. So when he visits, and he will, don't miss him. Look for him with expectancy. Because he wants you right now, right now. I'm going to invite you to the table. There is bread and there is juice. But is there expectancy to meet him? I understand the sacred ritual. But I need you to know that you can eat the bread representing the body of Christ and drink the juice representing the saving blood of Christ and still miss him. And that is a colossal tragedy. But what if you went to the table this morning expecting to meet him? Lord Jesus, I, I'm dealing with this. And you said in your word, if I ask, you would give it. So I'm going to ask and I'm going to expect you to respond. Some reason our faith is like the temple casino. We keep hedging our bets. I'm gonna pray, but just in case it doesn't happen. And then we build a life of faith with our fingers crossed. I believe this text calls us, like Jesus, to enter into a place that we expect to be a house of prayer. So I invite you to come to the table to eat and drink and expect Jesus to meet you. And every time you do it, Expect him. Know it. Claim it. Don't let the enemy talk you out of your joy.